Welcome to the Johannesburg Church of Christ podcast. In these podcasts, we seek to know Christ and to make him known to all nations and people. In the midst of these unprecedented times the world faces, we wish to encourage you with a thought for you to cut through your day. May today's message bring about peace in your thinking through Christ. Good morning. We continue with our series looking at how we need to devote ourselves. The last two weeks, we've looked at how we need to devote ourselves to the Apostles' teaching as well as to fellowship. And this week, we'll be looking at how we need to devote ourselves to the breaking of bread. Acts 2 verse 42 indicates that the early Christians were just as devoted to the breaking of bread as they were to the Apostles' teaching fellowship and prayer. Reading further, Acts 42 indicates that this was regular. It reads, And day by day, attending the temple together, and breaking bread in their homes, and it continues. So the breaking of bread was not an occasional special event. Rather, it was a regular routine. The New Testament uses the phrase breaking bread for the Lord's Supper. It also uses the same phrase for a common meal. So the phrase to break bread can have two different meanings, depending on the context the phrase is used. Bible scholars are divided regarding the precise meaning of the phrase. On closer examination, we find that two different Greek words are used in Acts 2.42 and 46. Admittedly, the phrase is used in many instances in the New Testament, referring to a common meal. However, in reading the full passage in context together with other passages in the New Testament, what is not in dispute is that the first century disciples in general devoted themselves to the breaking of bread in observance of the Lord's Supper, commonly known as communion, as well as the breaking of bread in eating meals together. We also find the congregation that gathered in Jerusalem in Acts 2 devoted to both. So, with that background, how do we then devote ourselves to the breaking of bread, especially in times like this when social distancing is the order of the day? History helps to place the ongoing pandemic in perspective. Just as disease is not a new part of human life, Religious rituals and celebrations have adapted to past pandemics too. Examples of such adaptation can be found by looking back at other plagues, which offer interesting perspectives. During the plague of Athens two and a half millennia ago, which killed nearly 100,000 people, then it was recorded that the principal reaction of the people was fear and despair so that most of the afflicted died in isolation, alone and uncared for. During the plague that swept Italy in 1630, synagogues were not able to meet their 10-person quorum necessary for services, and that both Jewish people and Christians were finding new ways to worship at home. During that plague, for example, people were encouraged to go to church more often, go to confession more often, organize more religious processions through towns and marketplaces, 
all to ask for forgiveness from God who was thought to be punishing society with the plague. In general, as medical knowledge about disease transmission expanded, religious adaptations began to look more like the kind of social distancing seen today in response to the coronavirus. In 1918, during what is commonly known as the Spanish flu pandemic, public health officials cracked down on religious gatherings that were seen as opportunities for the flu to spread. But the times of pandemic have also provided opportunities for worshippers to practice their faith in ways other than by attending a service, mainly through saving and reaching out to the sick. Newspapers reported on Christian efforts to, lead, to deliver food to the needy during the 1918 flu pandemic. The major adaptation, undoubtedly, is the way churches are maximizing the use of technology. And the message is, because I'm not physically close to you, it doesn't mean I can't be emotionally close to you. Or, as another priest has said, let social distancing not become social isolation. With these adaptations, where does that leave gathering to break bread, both as an observance of the Lord's Supper as well as gathering to have a meal together? 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 26 reads, For I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So regarding the Lord's Supper, we need to continue partaking the Lord's Supper in our homes as we gather together visually. Virtually. As for common meals together, Romans 13 verse 1 to 3 says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authority, authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. As various governments have prohibited social gatherings, we need to obey these regulations as directed by the scriptures. While we may not be able to meet together to share meals, we can meet other people's needs. We can meet the needs of those who are destitute amongst ourselves and society at large. Let's go to God in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Father, for just this opportunity to reflect on what breaking bread means for us. And in challenging times like this, that we need to look at ways in which we can meet each other's need. 
We pray all of this, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.